1: A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekeywysaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited
0: and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. The Fold is brought to you by Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Kia ora and welcome to a very special episode of The Fold, I think. Uh, we've got the broadcasting minister, Chris Farfoy, in the studio today. He is a man in charge of a of a very a very exciting, very imperiled, very dynamic uh sector right now. Very complex, you know. And I think there was a there was a critique of the this current uh, Labour government, which I think was pretty well founded, that it didn't really know what it wanted to do. It had some sort of Dusty 2014 era policy that it came into power in 2017 it was like, is this fine? And everyone was like, absolutely not. Eventually, you know the whole Claire Curran debacle kind of wound its way to to a natural conclusion. He came in and basically had to to rebuild not only the relationship with the sector but also kind of make some plans in a very fast moving era. And 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 for the first part of that, do it with uh, New Zealand first, and so which always a good time. What we've seen, I think, over the first six months of of this government and and towards the end of the the previous coalition was a a sense of we're starting to we being them uh starting to understand what what it is uh, that's ailing this sector what what it is that it does functionally and what what it might need into the future and yeah you know, to to be honest as someone who's you know run a business through that period too like it's it's not easy you know it wasn't really clear and it still isn't exactly uh, finished what the revenue side of this thing looks like and from there what the audience the distribution um the creation side looks like as well I think to their credit, they're actually moving and doing things now. And you can, you know, argue about, you know, the scale of things and, and how, they're, how they're structured. And, you know, that that's all good stuff, but at least it's in motion now. We talk about the RNZ-TVNZ merger. They just announced Public Interest Journalism Fund. Not just announced, but there was a lot more detail uh, recently on that. The complexities of trying to find audience when the audience is is on YouTube and Netflix and how you serve them the New Zealand content that helps forge national identity and bind us together in uh, what are still entirely algorithm-built distribution platforms. Um, We talk about the Maori media shift. Um, We talk about the relationship with big technology and all that kind of thing. And and we yeah and about New Zealand on air and, and the Film Commission whether there's a case for a merger there, it's a lot and hopefully yeah hope, hopefully it kind of gives some sense of where where government's head is at and the extent to which they're really meaningfully engaging with the sector now whether they're getting it right you know like that's that's a, a, a different question but I think that they are now thinking hard about it. Uh, before we get into it, I just want to thank our sponsor Vodafone. Uh, Vodafone has innovation made simple and world-class network technology, and they will help you maximize the potential of you and your business. Find out more at Vodafone.co.nz, and genuinely, have a listen to my interview in the previous episode with Jason Paris, the CEO of Vodafone. I I think, you know, we we talk about a different element of of this um, situation, and I think he's a really interesting person to, to be running a, a major New Zealand corporate. But for now, let's just get into it with Broadcasting Minister Chris Farfoy. Kia ora, Chris Farfoy. Oh, Morena. <laughs> Minister of Broadcasting in the Fold Studio. Um, so appreciate your time. As we were saying just before, it's, it's about two years since we last spoke. Correct. And it was a Friday then, it was the other end of the day, so we were having a beer this time, it's, it's coffee and water. Yeah,
1: I've, I don't think everyone would be happy if we were having a beer now, so...
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's unfortunately social limits on that kind of thing. But the, the, the reason I bring it up is um, not just to reminisce about the lovely times, it's about thinking about just the amount of stuff that has gone on in, mm. in those two years, because... You know, like you've got the RNZ concert, concert sort of schmozzle, the, the TVNZ <laughs> RNZ merger, the the fifty five million dollar PJIF, which there was a lot more information about just yesterday. A pandemic, the the triage funding. Yeah. The the main thing I guess that that seems is that the government is now in motion in a way that the two years prior to our last interview 2017 to 2019 it felt a little bit paralyzed by
1: indecision would you did you say that's a fair analysis oh look i think there's certainly momentum there um some of it um because of uh, issues that were already existing pre-covid um and a lot uh, you know if you look at the stuff that we had d- do last year around the 50 million dollars obviously was a, a direct um, response to covid so look there, there is momentum so um from that perspective uh, that's good Um, because I do think from a public media point of view um, that uh, for the way that um, audiences are behaving uh, and consuming uh, and getting their media, we need to make sure that our public media uh, and our private media is sustainable for the future. And I do think the government has a responsibility to make sure the public media is rock solid and can help and support and work with um, other media as well. To what extent
0: was the sort of that first two years Feeling out of a of a new government versus, and and then the you know concomitant. Particularly, you know, a lot of what I'm talking about has really accelerated over the last six months. Basically, what I'm asking you is how much of a handbrake was one of your coalition partners in particular?
1: Oh, oh look, not no, not so much a handbrake. I think they obviously had their own broadcasting policy. I think obviously coming into a portfolio halfway through a term obviously meant there was a bit of a a, an opportunity for pause obviously unplanned but uh, it meant that uh, as a new minister you could take a a, a fresh set of eyes um, to the problems Um, but I think the outcome was always wanting to make sure that we strengthened public media so I think that might have had an effect but um, I think uh, towards the end of the last term and uh, the beginning of this term you know it's time to crack on with it um i've always said um, you know not not predicting what happens in three years time that i've got I'm only guaranteed three years um and the opportunity to make the change that we think is required can uh really get some momentum in in this three year period um which is why the strengthening public media work is done and uh, why the uh public interest journalism fund is established in an in an effort to to help the wider sector transition as well
0: so that 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 fund is, uh, you know, that there was there was a lot more detail came out around it yesterday. And um, what what is the what is the problem it's trying to solve? Like what, where, why? Because it hasn't has not been uncontroversial as most things are. But, <laughs> yeah. um, and we'll, we'll sort of get to that. But wh- why why do you believe it's necessary, and what do you hope to see it achieve?
1: I think there's a plurality of issues here that we want to make sure that we uh, address. First and foremost, and I think, um, it's, um, an issue that the spin-off has too. It's, um, you know, the media is changing, the way people are consuming is changing, and, uh, we think we do need to assist some of those changing business models that we have in the media at the moment. Uh, I understand that you know running newsrooms these days uh, is not a not a cheap exercise. I don't think it ever has been. It makes it harder. When the revenue is um, the revenue model is changing too, so um, it is a it is a time limited um, uh, assistance. So I'm making sure we can help um, those who are transitioning or who haven't transition transitioned to a business model to make sure that they um, have some support to. Uh, support um, having journalists in their newsroom is uh, really important. Um,
0: so, yeah, the, you're talking about that, is that that's why it has this sort of kind of bell curvy na- nature to yeah. to some extent. Do, do you imagine that at the end of it, the, is is, it, is that going to be a draw breath and, and see how it goes? Because obviously, the nature of most government funding is that once people start to rely on it, then they tend to stay reliant on it. Would you do you believe that either it will continue or something else will functionally <clears throat> replace it.
1: There's a challenge in there for the media sector um, that it is, um, when we announced it back in February, that it is time limited. Um, you know, the taxpayer can't be expected to bankroll private media or commercial media forever. Um, so it is um, assistance for them to try different business models. Well, why um, do you
0: say that? I mean, it's just, just looking at there's plenty of parts of media and 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 other industrial areas that the government does uh bankroll forever you know looking at through new zealand on air drama and comedy and all all kinds of different things what why is
1: the news media Function, fundamentally different to that. Uh, well, because we've got um, we've got public media entities that, that are already taxpayer funded. But again, it's about making sure, uh, in a wider sense, that the media sector outside of public media is sustainable for the future. And you know, I would argue that some of the media in the private media um, have been sitting and waiting and not making decisions about changing their business model, uh, which means uh, which has meant that they are in extremely tricky positions at the moment. Mm. Um, so um, this. Funding um, again, taxpayer funding, uh, is time limited there to support some of those um, companies to make sure that um, a, a local content, uh, regional content, uh, investigative journalism, like the sports, is there for the audiences, um, but also there obviously to assist them to look at and give them an opportunity to look at changing their business models. We will always support. Uh, media through um, public media uh, through taxpayer funding um, but there is a challenge in here to private media to say uh, we're worried about um, the content that is going to audiences or we're worried about the, the number of journalists coming through the fold and staying in there to make sure we've got a critical mass of journalists to, to undertake a crucial um, role for um, our country and our democracy but there is an onus on the media companies there to do their bit to make sure that their, their business model is sustainable for the future
0: that's quite an interesting you know like like the the idea that it that the the time limit is is to kind of allow them to make up for what you know you're almost diagnosing as as a failure to to act through that that period are there you know and you you know you've said that that's a you know something that exists within private media you don't you don't do you see a similar kind of because I, I would say that the public and private media are essentially moving at the same speed. Sometimes the private media has outpaced them in terms of that digital transition. Well,
1: which is, I, I, I think, um, and something uh, some, somewhere underlying that question is, you know, does public media need to have a good look at itself too? And is it fit for the future? Um, and, and that is exactly the process that we are going through now.
0: With the, this is what they into with, into with the RNC TV. So they are connected sort of philosophically in some respects.
1: Oh, look, um, we're not looking at the, the, the moves that we're making in this... Uh, in this portfolio as disconnected. Um, it's a it's a media ecosystem. Um, crucial to that for New Zealanders um, as public and as taxpayers uh, is making sure that we have strong public media. Um, you know, uh, it, it is they, they have served us extremely well over the, the decades and have done an excellent job. The big question mark is, are we doing the best job in terms of its structure, in terms of its funding to make sure it's sustainable uh, and offering the kind of content that is important for New Zealanders in the future? Also, um, you know, I think in the past there's been a, a bit of an environment where it's a little bit muskets adorned between um, all media in the country. I think we've seen that change with the, the sharing of content um, and I think realising that our media sector um, is small, the revenue uh, models have changed um, and collaboration to, to, to ensure the plurality of the media is going to be important in the future too.
0: I mean, is, is Melissa Lee and and broadcasting spokesperson for the National Party and um, and others have critiqued the the dangers within the plan, which which are real. I think in that when when if you're receiving government funding, even with you know New Zealand on air as um, you know sitting as an interlocutor between the two parties, you know you you only have to look at the the sort of quite radical transformation of TVNZ since Labour came into power. You know, Mike Hosking was on uh, close-up. You know, but it, it feels like uh, forever ago. That and if, you, if, you're, if you're suggesting it had
1: anything to do with us, you would be you would be misguided. I, I,
0: I, I'm absolutely not <laughs> suggesting that it's anything yeah. to do with yeah. Labour. I'm suggesting yeah. that TVNZ knows who owns it and that they're right to... to it's essentially a form of uh, preempting. Sort of scrutiny or regulation. I think I, th- I don't think it's an accident that Mike Hosking left a month after Labor came to power, and that John Campbell was hired not not long after. You know, the, and and I don't think there's. Yeah, you know, I don't think that's necessarily bad for New Zealand. But you can see the way that organisations understand who their owners are, understand which way the society's wind is blowing, and that's reflected in Parliament as well. Um, but I, it's it's clear to me that you know it's. It, uh, you know, and even down to look like um, the Prime Minister's decision to end her regular slots on on ZB, which I see that Mike has this week decided <laughs> you can't fire you can't like, you can't quit because I'm firing you um, which is funny uh, but 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 while retaining the the morning report slot and what I'm getting at is like you know, do, do what, what do you make of the, those complexities of the, um, of the government moving to fund uh, organisations which have a very large role in scrutinising and holding to account their, their funders?
1: Look, I fundamentally believe, having worked in one of those organisations you've just mentioned, um, that uh, they are very strong in their independence. Um, and, you know, um, TVNZ has been a public media entity for a long time, um, self-funding, uh, and RNZ uh taxpayer-funded, non-commercial. Um, that, uh, you know, in, in a very simple way, Duncan, I think you might be overthinking it. Nah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but you're entitled uh, to think that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I think the thing that I'm more concerned about with the government funding is audiences um, and whether or not... Uh, They are getting the best bang for investment um, and getting good quality New Zealand stories. Now, whether that be in-depth stuff, which I think is important, um, whether that be um, kids entertainment, uh, whether that be um, drama, um, I think... Uh, making sure that we've got the best possible setup, that public funding is doing that for New Zealand audiences uh, is the most important thing. And I, I, that, I, I, do, I do think the things that you mentioned a little bit earlier um, are what uh, people like us who have who work in the periphery or in the media um, are very interested in. But what I'm interested in is what my kids will watch and what their kids will watch, and making sure that we set up structures um, to and, and and funding to ensure that. They get what we got, and I think what they got in a we, what we got in a linear world was excellent content that had um, New Zealand flavour about it, which could only ever come out of New Zealand. Now, when our kids um, sit in front of a monitor, um, my kids watch. Um, YouTube, they don't watch linear TV and I want to make sure that when they do that, they get good quality New Zealand content in front of them too.
0: I mean that's that's a really salient point when, when I was um, sort of <laughs> arguing with, with uh, by pure coincidence with uh, Fran Walsh last night our kids are growing up watching YouTube you know, like that is channel number one Yeah, and That is so fundamental a shift that I don't think people quite understand that everyone has their own YouTube. There are literally 4 billion YouTubes made up out of um, previous behaviour as a way of predicting future behaviour. There is no ability to influence these organisations, is there, to, to try and make New Zealand content be there, and no ability to kind of scrutinise that. Or is there? Like, is there a, a, a future where you say, just when you go to um, Alphabet, owners of YouTube, and say, look, part of your sort of, the, the deal that we're making for you to access and be, if not a monopoly supplier, just the you know, the biggest channel in the country, um, is that we need you to maybe remove some of the opacity around the algorithms algorithms and serve some of this Content, at least
1: like in, in some form. Do you think there is a case for that? Um, I'm not saying there isn't, but what I'm what I'm more concerned about is we, that that is a question in the now, right? Mm. So at at the moment, you, YouTube is one of the platforms that is ubiquitous. What is going to happen in five years' time? What is going to happen in ten years' time? If you've got that crystal ball, I want it. But, but you
0: can look at the long term trends. You know, which are quite yeah, so, well similar yeah, so, so
1: it will be online. So so let, let's say that. Um, you know, another platform may come along and then that's um, flavour of the day. What I want to make sure is that we've got a set up that regardless of the platform, there's the ability to be nimble and work potentially with or have our own platforms to make sure that that content is freely freely available. But do you
0: think, but isn't the, this is what I'm getting at ultimately is there is a lot of fantastic New Zealand content and, you know, some... That's fantastic. <laughs> that is the nature of content, right? Who knows what we're making right now? Let's hope it's good. But the, the, um, the I guess the point I'm trying to make is that there's a category difference between this stuff exists and people the right people though especially those diverse audiences young young audiences Maori audiences Pacifica audiences other communities within New Zealand are actually seeing the thing and knowing that they're seeing it and being confident yeah. about that. that's that's the you know that almost feels like the next stage and it's do you, do, you, do you feel confident that this that that is being assessed or is accessible um we think a lot about the stuff we make, um, and yeah. I don't think we think as hard about how we make sure that the right people 100%. see it. One um,
1: hundred percent, and that's why um, you know amongst the many issues that we're trying to address here is there is the diversity of audiences in New Zealand, um, and you know in Wellington speak the relevance of what we're doing there in public broadcasting to all those different audiences. Um, but the relevance is one thing it's
0: just the discovery the discovery is the thing that really like freaks me out to be honest because you know new zealand on air's own research shows new zealand on Air is the biggest channel for um the the, the kind of demographics we're talking about oh. and and you know and netflix rocketing up there as well these are both headquartered in northern california They are ruthlessly algorithm-driven. There is no visibility over uh, what they're saying. They're very selective in terms of the data that they release. And yet these are primary platforms. We can't change human behaviour without effectively becoming
1: a kind of a a state controller of the internet, other China. Uh, I'm I'm about to use a phrase I hate using. Uh, It's it's an and, 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 and. Um, So we, in the future, be working with them and having platforms that uh, are traditional at the moment, And using the likes of YouTube in the future and having platforms that public media or New Zealand media collectively uh, may wish to put together to make sure that New Zealand content is getting out there. Because we've gone from a very um, broadcast driven world to where everyone's just getting whatever they want. Now, if if my kids are accessing it in, in their world now on YouTube, then where's that content? And it is out there. Yeah. But that needs to be much more focused.
0: Well, or, or, or I mean, just being out there is is not, in my opinion, the solve. I mean, the other thing is, all these ands sound very expensive. <laughs> yeah, the, the total budget of um, New Zealand on air, absent the PJF and little and experimental things like the uh, innovation fund, you know, certainly if you look at uh, GDP ca- per capita overlaid with um, New Zealand on air's budget over the years, this is a, now a yawning. Gap um, and like is is there an appetite to kind of reset that because on a on a per capita basis we massively underfund yeah. public media in new zealand like like is there a more structural uh, change that might address the splintering of audiences and the, the, some of these distribution problems
1: we 'll we'll come to a point in the strengthening public media um, strain of work where we 'll have to talk funding um, and i 'm not going to talk about that uh, too much because we have to have the conversation first um, uh, you know of course that would help but it 's not just about funding it 's also about how we structure ourselves and um, look at the money that we put not just into the media, but also into the arts um, uh, area, for example, and how can we do better in that? You know, um, we've got a symphony orchestra and a ballet. Um, how are our current media entities working with them to make sure that what they do uh, is more accessible to audiences uh, out there? Um, and I know they're doing work, but how can we connect that better? Uh, so, in making that more accessible and relevant to audiences that, um, Either don't know or don't care uh, about those um, kinds of things is is really important because again, they are New Zealand stories. It's our ballet, it's our symphony orchestra, it's our funding that we're putting into bands uh, via New Zealand On Air, and uh, we need to make sure that uh, we we get that exposure. Um, So you know, again, you know, when I grew up, um, uh, I was watching and listening to New Zealand bands. You know, I got excited the other day when I. Found a LP of Rhythm Cage. Um, I'm not sure if you remember them, but that's a band in the 80s that I remembered, and lo and behold, um, here it is in the record shop. Now, that's the kind of thing that I want to happen in 30 years' time for someone who's 12 now, because New Zealand music is important to them.
0: The, 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 I mean, and that's, that kind of is where it's all kind of leading to, right? This conversation is that um, there are really beautiful... Things about a kind of a, a shared sense of identity and a, and a really big story that yeah. are built up out of all these strands um, that are they're always harder in a kind of where, where there are no borders for for culture and for yeah. content where the distribution systems are largely overseas owned and you know and, and where as a total quantum of what we, we 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 make amazing culture out of New Zealand. Um, but just in terms of, the, the and we outperform, I think, on a per capita basis, mm. but we're never going to compete with the, the torrent of, of well-funded content just fl- flowing out of the, the US and to a lesser extent the UK and Australia.
1: Yeah, and I think that's going to be a challenge over time, um, and it's compete and work with, um, because, you know, again, uh, we, we can't necessarily stop the way that audiences are changing their behaviours um, but we can also influence what's available to them um, and if we're going to do that then um, doing it um, in a very focused way and a well resourced way and um, an efficient and effective way is important otherwise you know um, we get splintered and the the other content comes to the fore.
0: Yes, okay so the the, the kind of the big play on the other side of this is on, on the, in the strengthening public media sense is the RNZ, TVNZ merger. Uh,
1: we the, like to call it a, a new public media entity, Duncan. Okay.
0: okay. <laughs> I mean, that is a
1: sexy, sexy name.
0: It's um, not a take, working let's title. Take, let's take that to the streets. Um, so that this new public media entity.
1: Yeah. Whew, that's not the working title. Oh, my sorry. gosh. <laughs>
0: um, uh, what, what, what,
1: why? Well, I, I think I've just been talking about it for the last... Uh, fifteen minutes so it 's
0: not just an administrative kind of efficiency exercise it is a the future is here and having kind of well, the, the, the
1: future arrived about ten or fifteen years ago um, and uh, we need to start um, making sure that um, the audiences of now and the future are Best catered for by a fit-for-purpose public media entity. So that's the challenge in front of us now, and in front of um, the group that we put together. Um, I think it was a couple of weeks, or, or maybe even last week now. Um, and you know, again, I want it to be audience-driven. Um, we we've got. TVNZ and RNZ, who have done, again, I want to reiterate that they've done a great job over the decades, but the time has come to ask the question, is this the best setup for our audiences to make sure that those stories in a much more crowded market are able to be um, put together, told and accessed? And, uh, you know, the challenge isn't any different from when we first came into government um, but we have moved along um, with a delay from COVID um, and now we've got the business case group to, to do the final piece of work before cabinet will be um, asked to make a decision at the end of the year. So look um, I, I know it is a challenge change is always difficult um, but I want to remain extremely audience focused so we can cater for those audiences.
0: The Fold is brought to you by O-Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa, with over 4,000 out-of-home advertising sites nationwide across both street furniture and retail centres. I'm super grateful to O-Media for enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makaurau, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective cycling is getting more and more popular across auckland so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go head to
1: at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today
0: like on some level, I understand that these are big changes, and you don't you don't take them lightly. But so there was there was a PwC report that made the business case. Is that correct? Um,
1: economic, so the, 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 it's a it's a stage approach. But they did some work for us. I think it was the economic case they call it um, at the beginning, which a, 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 again reaffirmed. Was it
0: good? Was it? Do you think you got value? It, it, it
1: reaffirmed the challenge that we have. So um, now the the work that the group we have put together with Tracy Martin as a head really have to. Um, take the report that uh, Deloitte will do. Um, was it, De- was it, it, was, it was Deloitte doing it? They're, they're doing the work now. Okay. Um, uh, and assess that, um, make it real world, um, think about it uh, with a strong public media lens uh, and a future-focused lens. Um, we've got Bailey Mackey there who's uh, across appointment from uh, Willis Group as well to make sure that um, there's good and real world oversight with a... Um, with, with for Maori audiences too, and you know, uh, it's a big challenge ahead of them. But I'm determined to make sure that question gets asked.
0: Um, so, just on Maori audiences, last year one of the uh, another review was the Maori Media Shift, uh-huh. um, which obviously was a document that came out of the office. But um, that that caused a lot of controversy because it seemed to, and and ended up being it was wasn't necessarily clear, it ended up being kind of clarified to some extent um, out the back of it, but it seemed to kind of push for a consolidating of um, Maori media into one entity, which sort of assumedly was Maori t v and a lessening of the role for the uh, private maori media sector, and there's always a it feels to me a, a little bit of a tension between the um, meeting the goals of Titeriti in terms of Dreo uh, and also kind of what the needs of Māori it are in a more traditional that, yeah. um, audience. So, uh, you know, and on some level, you can say that, that while there is you know, reasonably significant funding for Māori media through uh, Te Pāho, there the quantum of it that is kind of specifically Māori targeted within, say, a New Zealand on air, it, it can be hard to, hard to, harder to Read, even though I, I know that they, as an organisation, are making a lot of effort there. Mm. Um, how how will you know? What, what what is your view on you know how Mari and and other audiences that that haven't been particularly well served by the likes of TVNZ and RNZ? Like let's be honest, mm. over the decades, like you say, New Zealand has been well served, but not all New Zealands yeah, have been I, well served. Yeah. What's the question? The question <laughs> is like uh, you know how will you ensure as you go through this process that all of those different uh, communities are, uh, oh, yeah, look. are met within what is ultimately going to be a mainstream. You know, a uh, uh, channel or one big entity serving a lot of different communities.
1: But there, there are ways that we're making sure we can address that during the through the process. Um, I've already um, mentioned um, uh, Bailey being part of our group. Um, Sandra Kailahi, who is a very well-respected um, Pacific journalist and uh, media person, is on there as well. Um, but I bring in a, a bit of um, personal experience to this too. Um, I've managed to straddle two different worlds. Um, uh, the mainstream media world, which I worked in and consume every day, um, and then I've got um, my own family and my own upbringing, um, where uh, you know uh, things like Tonga to Pacifica in the past have been extremely important for our family to make sure that we're keeping up with um, news for the Pacific community. Um, so you know, um, again, <coughs> the people who've put that, that content over decades um, have done an excellent job. Um, but you know, once a week. Um, Thirty minutes on a on a on a Sunday doesn't necessarily cut the mustard, which is why a previous government made sure that the um, Pacific Radio Trust was established, and now we have Far Through One and, and New FM. <clears throat> Again, that is very analogous to um, the setup that we have in public media, where it's TV and broadcast radio. Um, you know, Pacific Island um, audiences, young audiences, are some of the most connected online in the country. Um, so, what are we doing for them? Um, and again, I think um, by looking at strengthening our public media, we will have um, a better focus and potentially more options on serving some of those underserved audiences. Um, and we've had discussions with NPRT, the um, the board, and the, and the new chief executive there about, you know, what does um, a potential new public media will look like for you? How connected do you want to be there? What's important for Pacific audiences? Um, and again, because, you know, um, morning report and uh, checkpoint will always be there. That's guaranteed. The, uh, in the in the frame of that, we're looking at this work. What is commercial free now will continue to be commercial free in, in the future. But um, I want to know how public media has more options to talk to different audiences in the future to make it more relevant to people um, from Pacific Island audiences, for people who might be in a in a rural setting, um, someone who might be in a, in a regional setting, you know. Um, You know, I would argue, some people may argue, um, that traditional media, um, public media uh, is great for people who work around, walk around the terrace in Molesworth Street. Um. But what does it mean to someone in Hazel Crescent, where I grew up, uh, in a state house neighborhood in Christchurch? And if it is irrelevant to them, they are paying taxes too. What's in it for them? Uh, and that's what I want to know and the challenge for audiences in the future.
0: And that's the thing that's kind of interesting to me because, as you pointed out, um, the Molesworth Street uh, audience get, gets Morning Report, Checkpoint. I listen to them, I love them. It's nice. They're ad free, they have very high production values this new entity how do you handle that you know it's going to be a mixed funding model um how do you handle that tension of well you know historically there have been the certain audiences who have had to accept that their content is partly funded or or, you know some some cases entirely funded by advertising and that that is an accepted part of the consumption Mm. And that there are these other audiences, which some of them are, you know, might have particular characteristics, um, who, who get the nice ad-free version. When you move into this new space, how do you make that distinction? Especially when, at some point, this stuff is going to get turned off. The old infra will, the audience will shrink to the point where it's not worth the squeeze of keeping your your radio and your
1: linear te- television going. What, what, what's <coughs> going to happen? The, the, the answer to that question is that's what, what we've asked um, the business cake business case group to look at what is the structure how does it stay sustainable how do you fund it in the future and to give us um, some options, so it, it, it's not unheard of. Um, the likes of RTE um, has mixed model funding, and again, uh, you know, one of their big um, focuses is on the retention of culture and the language in Ireland. Um, so, but
0: RTE's also had, like, like I mean, I think it's, it's, it's got major financial difficulties in part because the mixed funding model with digital, which is, you know, as we discussed, is just, it's just a hard, hard business especially at scale you know and this entity will inevitably be that i mean like doesn't it seem inevitable on some level that the government will just have to the the further you shift digital the more the government has to pick
1: up the tab well um i don't think that's a given uh, and again, that depends on um, some of the options that the the business case group will give us so you know as I said funding will be a dis- will need to be a crucial part of this discussion um, and when we come to that point we'll do it but uh, I don't think you should um, uh, necessarily uh, assume that um, but again we're, we're trying to do more than Potentially one thing that, tradi- that the public media has traditionally done in the past as well. So, you know, that will have to be um, a well resourced entity. Um, but we're also mindful of what that effect will have on those uh, other private media as well. Um, and some of that, as I kind of referred to um, in, in, earlier in the interview, is um, collaborating uh, in, in different ways, which I don't think have happened uh, in New Zealand media in the past. You know, I think we've operated uh, in a model which is kind of similar to offshore uh where we're all competing and it's such a small media market um that i think we need to start thinking about different ways to do that
0: yeah i'm i'm i go back and forth on collaboration like the 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 closer you get to a media entity the more you realize that its identity is bound up in some what can be quite seemingly from the outside small decisions around you know even like how style and and what are the values of the organization. These can't be common among different entities and yet you're asking to to port pieces of content amongst them as if they are. There are complexities there that I think sometimes this well, let's just share content um, can
1: can overlook. Yeah, look, there is a sharing content issue. There are other ways you can collaborate as well. So um, you know, I think probably one of the biggest issues that you have in any other media entity is the cost of infrastructure, uh, for example. So if if we are looking at ways to collaborate there, then I think in the future, um, if there's a way to deal with that in a collective way, as opposed to everyone spending the same amount of money on the same kit or similar kit, then I think there there are ways in a in a, in a relative small media market compared to others that we could do things better there.
0: I'm conscious that we're running short of time and I could definitely go all day I'm sure <laughs> you would hate that but um, there's another you know, the, the RNZ and TVNZ are the sort of public-facing part of the um, government media puzzle, or, or two uh, public-facing parts of it. The, the sort of back room, the kind of CMS, to use like a tortured <laughs> analogy, for the like three people who are into publishing online, is in some ways New Zealand On Air, mm-hmm. who have been given this new mandate. But it's also the Film Commission, which is currently, as I understand it, without a chief executive. Is there a case for doing... The merger on that's on the other side as well as on on the on the, you know, the the, the
1: backroom side as well as the front facing side. Look, that's not a priority for me, and, I don't, and and we haven't had any discussions about that. Why is that? Because I, I, look, because because they're all uh, screens, right? The convergence
0: is happening er- everywhere. I,
1: I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that point. But my initial focus is on dealing with um, some of the structural issues within the media, public media now and a delivery to audience. Uh, you, you know, the, the divergence is happening, has happened, will continue to happen. Um, but I believe, you know, that structural change is not something, not a question for now. Um, you know, um, we've just been spending the last 30 minutes talking about um, strengthening public media. Um, and I do think that's the most important challenge that I have in front of me now to make sure that audiences are being delivered uh, what they should um, for the future. Um, you know, looking at no, you know, I don't get out of the bed out of bed in the morning to think about government structure of government agencies like New Zealand Film Commission and New Zealand Iron Air. Um, for me, it is about making sure that the audiences are key uh, and dealing with the problem that is in uh, and the issues in front of them right now
0: but you're talking about duplication
1: and of resource and and kind of yeah and 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 my, and, and my answer is saying that um you know if there's a queue of issues then i've got so to So you
0: you you you're putting like like this will be
1: it's it's basically a function of resource and bandwidth. Yeah, of course it is. You know, I've said in this interview already, you know, I've got three years and uh, the stuff we've been talking about for the, for the last half an hour is quite a lot to do um, and potentially in three years. Um, so, you know, I, I could spend the next three years um, doing um, a half pie job of many things, um, but I think I have to stay focused on doing a good job of what the, uh, what is the most pressing challenges in front of me right now.
0: That's fair, that's fair. It's a good note to end on. I'm not going to let, let you end there, Paul, <laughs> apologies for that. Digital services tax is, is something that has, has been floated. To me it's a more elegant solution than that shit show we saw in Australia. Um, actually let's just talk about that for a second. What, what, what did you make of, of what, what happened over there as, as a sort of a very interested observer?
1: Um, uh, at the time that it was happening um, I, I was saying that we wouldn't take that, a similar approach and we haven't. They've got an outcome, um, and look, the full disclosure, we've had a discussion about this um, uh, as part of other discussions. I want the platforms to have the discussions, commercial discussions, um, with media entities here, because that's a commercial opportunity and revenue is an issue there at the moment. But we still hold um, the right to, if we're not happy with that, um, and we are looking into what else we could do in terms of regulation. So, you know, um, at the media announcement um, uh, last week, I kind of sent a bit of a, a message to the to the platforms um, after the rounds of talks because I think that's the way it should happen. Um, you know, um, and if we don't see the market doing its thing. Then we'll look at that, and to be perfectly frank, we sent that message to both Google and Facebook at the time when we spoke to them at the beginning of this year. You know, they said they were about to kick into that. So I would like to see more more momentum there. Um, but you know, uh, we have said that um, officials are giving us advice about whether what other options we have available to us. So in some ways,
0: you could see this as a like looking at the uh, PIJF as a staged thing, which might potentially. Yeah, you know, if you can convince Google and Facebook or if they basically just start looking at their um their 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 sort of social license to operate, if you mm. will, that making making some kind of bargain with a reliable income stream that flows into the media whose incomes they displaced, uh that that might be, some, be a form of revenue that might um, eventually replace that, that quantum of funding around the 23, 24 kind of area? Would that be fair?
1: Yeah, look, I, I, I think, um, well, I think it would certainly, if those discussions happened, um, it might go some way to uh, replacing some of the revenue. Um, as I've said in some of these discussions, um, this isn't, from our perspective, we want to see the kinds of innovation uh, that we are already seeing. And that may come about if more revenue comes from the platforms. Um, We, as you say, we've put the sustainable journalism fund together to assist in a transition. So you know we're keeping a very close eye on how those discussions go. We want, as we said, we want them to be substantive.
0: Because you have discussions with them too, right?
1: Yeah. um, Well, what's the vibe? Oh, the last one. Well, we haven't had one uh, recently. I think that, that's coming. soon. the vibe um, from the earlier discussions this year was um, yes, we recognise um, what's happened across the Tasman, uh, and we're going to start discussions with um, entities here uh, in New Zealand, which we were happy about. Um, again, we wanted them to have um, so them to be substantive and them to happen quickly.
0: So, quick, what's, quick, what's quickly like Q3? That feels like a good, good kind of. Time frame,
1: right? <laughs> Maybe for you. <laughs> um, but, um, we, we, look, uh, again, full disclosure, we, we've recently done a, a, a ring around um, a lot of media entities, um, uh, which, uh, sparked my comments last week, to say we're you know it, it's time to start making sure they make substantive contact with people and uh, you know give them an outline of uh, the timelines. There, then I think there'll be a, a reaction from the media entities about whether they think it's substantive and whether they think things are going fast enough. Um, and, and I think that will be informative for government.
0: What What was the mood in the room like when you did your ring around?
1: I, I don't want to give too much away, but obviously. Um,
0: just, yeah. just around the overall kind of shape of what, what you're up to. Well,
1: like, okay, so not In necessarily... Around.
0: Yeah, like, how, do, how, do, how is your sense of uh, how the sector's
1: responding to... What... <laughs> well, that's an interesting question, Duncan, because I think people are usually pretty polite. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. <laughs> uh, look, um, we're moving, uh, you know, with the SPM work and uh, the Sustainable Journalism Fund. Um, so things are happening... Uh, Uh, I'm a firm believer that not not everyone's going to like what you're going to do but um, again if I think about the outcome that we're after um, it is um, audience focused it's making sure we get that uh, availability and accessibility to quality New Zealand content um, and that um, the ecosystem of media media in in the country is healthy long term if you were asking me that question around the last point this time last year um, I would have been stressed out and I think we are um, lucky to be in the position that we're in now um, and looking at long-term ways to maintain the plurality and the capacity of journalists um, for that function um, and New Zealand content I think is really important and you know we're laying down some long-term work to make sure that we can continue to have those things.
0: Well, uh, that's that's uh, that's a lot, um, and I think you might have one or two other portfolios too. Is that is that right? You, you got a couple of other things that you're, you're yeah. working on. I mean, obviously, this is the most important one, like the Whoa. the media.
1: You can't. <laughs> Who's listening to this? <laughs> uh,
0: so, so look, I'll let you go and go and um, get get on with your day. But thank you so much for for coming onto the fold, and um, good luck with this uh, prickly. Weird, self-interested, hopefully important industry uh, over the next
1: little while. Yeah, it's it's got to be about the audience. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, cheers, guys. Cheers.
0: That was the fold brought to you by our partners at O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Huge thanks to O Media for sponsoring this episode of the fold and enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis.